Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Racing Boys, and if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know the funny thing about that is? The Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done! It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Got a good show lined up for you today. We're going to get Connor Wade on. He's the uh, World of Outlaw pit reporter for the World of Outlaws. And um, how, how how do we start off the show today, Todd? Todd, n- normally we talk about it at the end of the show, but you can't, you can't, you, you can't do that today. You can't right? uh, ignore the big gorilla in the room, right? I mean, hey, it's the big giant gorilla in the in the room, man. It's hey, did, or did, the elephant in the room, I guess. Let word. me let me ask you this, Todd. Did you think at at any point during that game that we were going to lose? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I. When we the fumble really scared me when we lost that fumble because we felt like we were kind of turning back into what we'd been doing. Right. Earlier in the year, you know, and we. We were shut out the first half. It was terrible. If you go back and look at the stats, the first half it was it was just all we played awful. The first half, I mean, they ran on us. They did everything. They did yep. everything on us on the first half, and then, yep. so at halftime, it was really. And then we shut them down a little and bit. So I I quit half. watching the TV at halftime, and I turned on the um, Westwood sat- One Radio. Well, the satellite broadcast. Mm-hmm. Actually, I went to the satellite, which is still. The Westwood One, you know, broadcast the NFL Network broadcast, and listen to Kevin Harlan. Right. Um, Ke- Kevin, and he helps Kevin, me. It, it, Kevin Harlan is really the maybe best. the best in He's the so business. Good. Isn't he? he could. Yeah. People don't realize this guy goes from college basketball to college football to college baseball. He, he, to does college. It all. he can do it all. He, right. does he also it. does the NBA and the yeah. NBA. Yeah. I mean, and and sometimes guys, he's doing this all in one week. Sometimes he's juggling two different sports in in one week. So. I listened to him. He was also our announcer back in the day, as you know, back here, people us here in Kansas City. He was our local announcer for years back when Joe Mon- when we had Derek Thomas and whatnot here. So right. he kind of sets me at ease when I'm not feeling right. Could, could you imagine if oh. we had Derek Thomas right now? Well, it's could it's you, just a different. Could you even imagine that? And, the, and, and, and fortunately, Derek Thomas lost his life yeah. in, in an auto accident. On the weekend uh, of a Super Bowl, right? And that was no doubt, or the weekend of a playoff. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the defense we saw yesterday, guys. Like you said, we're not going to try to run too many people off. But man, that defense, right? What we did, what you saw yesterday. The, the, priority one next year. I know everybody's like, we got to get a wide receiver. We got to get no. We have to re-sign Snead. We have to re-sign. If you can sign Chris Jones, you sign Chris Jones McDuffie. again. You got to sign McDuffie. You sign this defense. Th- back. Those are the most and two important people. Chris Jones can walk. He can. But if we can sign McDuffie and those guys, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to. 
I know the wide receivers, everybody, but you can pick you up another wide receiver in the draft. I'm not really right. worried as much about that. I would much rather sign these two. Our defense was elite, guys. There's right. asking, look who we face, guys. In the we look who the Chiefs face. We beat Miami. We beat Buffalo and Baltimore. We beat Baltimore, and then and the then, best and then team. we beat the 49ers. I mean, and, and, and to be honest with you, I I know Kirk picked the 49ers on on Saturday. And well, the reason I did that is I wanted to stay in line with. Uh, I'm a Chiefs fan first, okay, guys. We Once know I that. love Brock Purdy. I'm a big Brock Purdy fan. I'm still a Chiefs. But he's fan got first. no. He's got no fan other than outside of that quarterback. Yeah. So if, if Brock Purdy wasn't playing for the 49ers, yeah, I would, he wouldn't be pulling for that. Brock Purdy didn't have a good a good day. Well, I yesterday. thought he had. A, he had actually, he had a good if day. you went back and look at it, he, he had a. He, Proud of you. That defense was just relentless, I'm guys. Proud of Brock. That, hey, I, I, I'm not proud of him. We're watching. I'm watching some. I, I'm. We're watching some highlights. He had. If you go back and look at the game, he had a hell of a game. He did just fine. Uh, it I, was I, just I, our I, defense was much better that, than. And Patrick his, Mahomes is just the best. Okay, that's what he's up against. Yeah. So well, sometimes gotta, when yeah, Charles Barkley was really good. Patrick Ewing was really good. Carl Malone was really good. Guess what? They never won a championship because Michael Jordan was playing at the same right. time they were playing. That's a great comparison. Right. It just this it that That's a great it happens sometimes, guys. When a guy rolls around and you have a once in a lifetime player that's playing out of his mind, things happen like you that. You give Brock Purdy a chance, or you give uh, Patrick Mahomes a chance to come back and win the game with he's his gonna hands do on the ball last. He's probably going to win that's, the game. That's exactly Patrick right. Patrick Mahomes yeah. is the best yes. at, at being down like well, by 10 points. Well, he's yeah. nobody's, and, and he always comes back. Yeah, he's, he's proven a, it time and time again. Right, right. So no, no hats other. off to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're throwing out the word dynasty right now. I think you have to say they well, are you a have dynasty. to at this point because yeah. And that's why I went into this game. I told everybody as well on this was this game was you may this was more important to Patrick Mahomes than actually a lot of people because if he wins this, he shuts everybody off. Everybody's everybody's shut down. You right. know what I'm saying? There's no more. Well, this that. No, there's not a lot of three. We know this, guys. There's only a few quarterbacks that's got more than three. Joe Montana's got four. It, 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 Terry Bradshaw, and then you have Terry Bradshaw. Joe Mon- doesn't he have five? I don't. I know he has four, right, Kirk? Does yes. he have four? So uh, four. Ter- Terry Bradshaw has four. Super four, and so does Joe Montana. Yeah, right. So my here's how I put Patrick Mahomes. I still he's, but his legacy is still continuing. So I you can't judge and put him like on the. You can't put him. Uh, uh, I'm not going to compare him to the other guys yet because he's still playing. Let me right. when he, but Tom Brady won Tom, seven. Yeah, times. Tom Brady's still right. the greatest of yeah. all time. I think so. Joe Montana is too. I don't know why everybody keeps forgetting about Joe Montana. But as young as Patrick Mahomes says, he's got a chance to that's right. surpass what but Tom Brady did. I put Joe Montana too, yeah. and I and you're going to have to put Joe, um, Bradshaw three, and then everybody else falls in line after that. And guess who? Well, I think Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Terry Bradshaw. Hey, uh, so Paul just said, "I love Andy Reid. I don't care for your all's Chiefs." And have zero respect for Travis Kelsey. Now, why is that, here's, Paul? Here's why, everybody's. Why, why is that, I'll tell Paul? you why. Let me tell you. 
because he's jealous. No, well, here's what happened. He's jealous. <laughs> he, he's absolutely no. jealous of who he he, he dates. Oh, no, he, what, what everybody's mad about Travis this morning is him when he ran into uh, head coach Andy hey, Reid. You know what? You know what? Uh, and it's did all. you see where what Travis said after that? Yeah, he said. I just told him that I loved him. But he said it was on the. It, it he didn't was, look that way. When he, he was mic'd. He was mic'd up. They said it'll all come out later. And like I said, if if I've been to too many little league games, or I've seen parents scream at the top of their lungs when they're in a heated thing. So if, we're talking about the Super Bowl, and the reason why he was mad was because they pulled him out of that play. And he and they fumbled the ball, and he felt like he, he should have been. Wanted to been he he should have been, been in there, there, and he shouldn't have had right. him been pulled out. And right. that was why he was mad. And for everybody to be upset about, that's fine. You can be upset and have no respect for Travis. But guess who does have respect for him? Andy Reid does, and it's all good. He's I mean, the greatest tight end ever. Yeah, and I understand people's going to hate, but look, we're there. Better than Gronk. We're there, guys. We're right. at the point. Big, big Red Andy didn't get too worked up over that, did he? No. We're at that you point know, where everybody hates you know, us, and a, that's fun. Andy Reid, there, there's a lot of testosterone in, in that in that you think? clubhouse, right? <laughs> you think? Because you always see him arguing all the time on the sidelines, don't you? Look, but just like Patrick Mahomes and Rice yesterday, absolutely. they were chewing on each other yeah. a little bit. Well, Rice right? was in the wrong on one of those I routes. Mean, we've seen, well, you know, he was wide open on that play, and then he missed a route on the other one. And Patrick's like, "Look, you want me to come to me? I understand you're wide open on one, but you got to be consistent." And so, I this team. Like I said, we're at the point now, guys, where people are going to hate on the winners. And when you win a bunch, you're going to get more haters. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm willing to accept it now at this Everybody point. Everybody hated the Patriots, too. Oh, I hate We hated them. I hated them. We yeah. hated John Elway. We hated any team that was winning multiple rings back to back. You don't want to win. I like that John Elway. I love that the trophy to the. I love I love for yeah. horse face to have to walk up and present. <laughs> now it, it, in the Raiders stadium. In the Raiders stadium, nevertheless, <laughs> right, no doubt. I mean, and Mark Davis sitting there watching it all hey, unfold. So I had to text Dean Mills. Oh, I'm because, sure because you, you know Dean Mills is he, he, uh, he's the biggest Chiefs hater of all people than i a know. huge raiders fan he's the biggest raiders <laughs> fan i know dean mills the great videographer of racing and, and you know what i texted him last night i just texted him chiefs you should have texted him did he him. respond no he didn't oh, respond you should have just said <laughs> here's my response to all the haters whenever they text me or anybody parades on wednesday the weather's going to be great. Are you going to go down there, no, Todd? No, probably not. But the world, the parade's on I Wednesday. Think you're going. I right. think Deidre and I are going to go. The weather's going to be great, yeah. and you can see how we do it back to back, baby. That's what. That's how I tell the haters. So, I right. mean, like I said, I, it's all fine here. We've been a long time for you this. You know what's man. what's so funny is is that people never thought the Chiefs were going to oh, ever make it to the Super Bowl. You're a Midwest they, team. They guys. never thought they were going to beat Miami. They they didn't think that they were going to beat Buffalo. They didn't think they were going to beat Baltimore. Well, this, and they obviously, uh, out of all the the people that I've watched, I've watched a lot of of, of media types. A lot of them were picking the 49ers. Yeah, it, was, it was a good 75-25 You think they've learned their lesson now to pick against Patrick Mahomes? Well, guess what? Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes, the, Chief, the Chiefs are already an underdog next year for the Super Bowl. 
We're right. already underdog under the 49. 49ers have better right. odds to win than we do next year. Well, it was quite a, it was quite an evening last night. Do they really? Yeah. Already? Right. Yeah, you can put a bet down right now and get better odds with the Chiefs than you can with so you're you're I mean not better odds but more money your payout your would be in now. put your bet in today guys the odds are never going to be better here's the saddest thing I saw yesterday and this is the reality of where we're living guys uh, when I got off work on Saturday morning yep I got off work Saturday morning I left I leave here I go run a few errands I pick a few things up the game you know until whenever right i get to walcott exit for anybody that's outside of the exit this is the exit that takes you to kansas to wind out to uh, lakeside, lakeside speedway. speedway i'm coming from the missouri side walcott exit the walcott exit there are 30 cars parked betting because that's the first exit into kansas right so as soon as you cross the missouri border into kansas you can start betting on your app they were off right. along the side of the so road. So they were on the side of the every, road. Well, every Saturday they're like that, but this was the most I had ever seen. And then when you watch social media today and seen some of the bets that these people lost. Oh, my. Big, big bets. I'm talking about house payments and car payments are not going to be paid for a few months on some of these guys. Like, the problem we're having now is people can bet and they can. You picked up this phone, guys. <laughs> and you can do this, you can and do you can put your life savings on the line. And guess what? All you got to do is be on the other side of the state line, right? Yeah, and in almost any other state in the United States, but Missouri does not have it. So, but what I saw is yesterday, man. When you get drunk, there's a lot of people, guys, that bet a lot of money and lost their, you know, what's yesterday because of how easy it is to go. You know, in the old days, you had to go find a place to pay, put a bet on. Or maybe your bookie that you had on the phone. You know how it works. Or you make your place in Vegas or Atlantic City. Nowadays, guys, it's on the phone. You can walk up to any casino around and put a bet down, and you're right. Man, a lot of people lost money yesterday. They got an actual hey, sports book hey, at the Hollywood Casino. Absolutely, hey, hey, a, a I, real I, sports book. I, I, I just want to say I, I want to apologize to Paul. <laughs> I got my Paul. Now Paul is a fan of what team? Paul. It, Paul is a, a a friend of mine. And he he works on the Hans team. He, he's part of the Hans and, team. And what's he a fan of? The Cowboys? No, who? I don't know who he's a fan who of. Who you fan of, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's probably a Seahawks fan because he he's from the Northwest. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. I remember when they won the championship one year, about ten years ago. Right. The Seahawks. Now it was. Uh, it was a fun day yesterday. We took a break from racing to watch the big the big game last night. You know, they don't schedule any racing on Super Bowl Sunday. We don't have any racing to talk about from Sunday, but we have a lot to talk about from Saturday. So we'll Paul said that. sea chickens. I don't know what that's all about. That's the Seahawks. That's, that's the Seahawks. The Seahawks. The Seahawks. Sea chickens, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, that... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I knew it. I, I had a feeling he's that he was. He's from the Seattle area, yeah, so right. yeah, he's going to be a big Seahawks They've fan. got all new changes coming up to their team next year as well. Brand new coach. Yep. And then, you know... That coach they've had, from hey, Mr. Carroll, has been there a long listen, time. Next so. year in the AFC West, Whew. it's going to be a little tougher this year. Everything Jim Harbaugh is, coming in. And, Jim Harbaugh and you coming got the Raiders in. they with got the, the new Raiders coach coming the, in. Yep, with actual defensive coordinator. They hired a real coordinator. I mean, you know. Here's Tom my Payton thought. continues to improve things in Denver. Yeah, my thought is if you're a coach coming into the league, I'm searching out an NFC team 
to me because your road to the suit to the promised land is a lot easier in the nfc side than it is who what are your teams on the rise on the nfc side you've uh, got the lions. the lions you've got the 49ers the Watch eagles for the packers the packers that's <laughs> your that's your three teams but on the afc side guys oh my gosh ravens bills Bengals, texans chiefs now you're going to talk about the Raiders and the and the Broncos, and then if you want to throw in the new quarterback or the new coach for San Diego, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the AFC that's vicious, man. Well, let's, let's be honest here. The Chiefs played pretty sloppy football for a lot of the season. Oh, absolutely. You'd agree with that. Right? 100%. They, they were, really weren't sharp for a lot of the season, but when it came playoff time, it was like a whole well, new Well, the team. Raider game changed everything in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah, no, that no. Raider game. Christmas when, Day. When we lost that Raider game, we uh, didn't uh, lose uh, it. Uh, we never lost another game after that. And the 49ers lost that same night, got blown That's out right. by the Ravens. That's right. Both teams that lost that game that night you ended know, up in the I, Super Bowl. I don't understand where people think that Miami was going to beat us. Well, Buffalo was going to beat us. Well, who Bal- thought Miami was going to come in on a cold yeah. night who in Kansas Balti- City? And who win? thought Baltimore was going to win? Ba- who thought I that did. Miami was going to win in Kansas City? I thought Baltimore was weather. Baltimore was our kryptonite, and Baltimore didn't do what they needed to do. I, but I took a lot of pleasure in yesterday because Kirk Elliott picked the 49ers, <laughs> and, and I took a lot of pleasure. I did that hey, because— Hey, when did I text you— to, Kirk, what did I you tell said you? Your team lost, and I said, "No, my team won." His my team, team won. Was still his quarterback, his quarterback lost. His quarterback yeah. lost. But his team yeah. won. I wanted the Chiefs to win. I'm a, I'm a Chiefs fan, well, but I, I'm I'm a big time Brock Purdy fan, and I'm happy. I was proud of him. Yeah, I thought he played. A, I thought he played a good game. I they, thought he was. I thought was, for a lot of the game he was great. You know what? His team just got beat. That's it. Yeah, That's I'm, all there is to it. It was a so, tough, tough game. Defenses ruled yesterday. Not a lot of points being scored yeah, across the defense, board. So. Uh, no defense uh, was huge for the Chiefs. You know, at a time and age when defenses are are basically handcuffed, offenses are is king. We know that. We, yeah. I mean, ask any any quarterback that played in the old era said, "Man, I wish I could play in this era, or they're not. You know, I don't get killed on every. You know, Troy Aikman, how many concussions that guy had." Right. Yeah. I mean, because they used to just a pummel, ton of them. They pummeled that guy. And, oh yeah. You know, he they wouldn't be able to touch that guy like now. So I get it. It's a different era, but man, let me tell you, something. <laughs> what's going on is just insane around Kansas City. Let me. Did you see the fireworks on the TV? So they showed the the radar for the weather map. Yeah. And it looked like we had thunderstorms going off all across the country because of how many fireworks were going off. I'll pull the picture up later. It was everywhere. There was so many fireworks going off yesterday that it showed up on the weather radar map, the national weather radar. Another guy's happy. How about that? Brian Brown's happy today. How about that? No doubt. He goes to a lot Blackjack of the games, Brian so, Brown. Yeah. He had I, pretty I good. Wonder, I wonder if he went to the Super Bowl. I don't know. He didn't he race the yeah, other he day. He was racing yeah. uh, down at the Lucia. Yeah, he was racing. Uh, this last he had week, a pretty. So. He started pretty well too. He right? qualified well, really just well. about every night. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, you know, qualifying well and racing well are two different things. With the way the air comes off these wings now, they you know lowered the wicker bill to one inch now, so that may have caused some guys some issues, but. Uh, Brian had great qualifying runs down there. Got him set up in the dash most nights uh, down there. But when you get out 
and get into racing trim, that's a whole different story. And uh, that's where he ran into a little bit of a problem. But uh, big night for Sheldon Hoddenshield after a terrible night on Friday night when he flipped his race car, got involved in a big five-car crash on the front straightaway, and they had all kinds of problems through most of the week. But when it came to Saturday night, he put it all together for a $20,000 victory, passing Anthony Macri with six laps to go to win his first race of the year. I don't think anybody going into Saturday night thought Sheldon Hoddenshield was going to be uh, one of the favorites to win, but uh, he walked out of there with the big money, and David Gravel won the big Gator points championship. Why do you say that, Kirk? Why do you say Sheldon Hodgeshield can't win? Because, because of the way the previous three nights went for Sheldon Hodgeshield. That's why I say that. He, you remember, he destroyed that race car on Friday night. Yeah, that thing he, was he tore up had, on Friday. They ran through all kinds of problems in the previous three nights. Kirk, so they I, I, came I, back I, on Saturday night and put I don't, it all together. I don't know if you know this or not, but all those teams carry spare cars. They do, but just the, every team. I understand that every team carries a two or three spare cars. I understand that, but the luck just wasn't going his way through the whole week. He was just having; they were having well, all Sheldon, kinds of problems. Sheldon Hodgeshield can win any time. I, I would never count out Sheldon Hodgeshield. But he wasn't; wouldn't have been one of the people that I would have thought of to win Saturday night's race heading into that day. But they got a great qualifying run on. Uh, Saturday night, put himself in great position to win, and he picks up uh, picks up the big money on Saturday night. Yep. So it was uh, that was a fast racetrack. A lot of guys seem to have some engine problems down there this week. Uh, you know, it was uh, you know that's a fast racetrack, big half mile racetrack, and uh, it just seems like that uh, engine problems were uh, a big issue for a lot of those race teams down there. We'll talk to Connor Wade more about that here in just a little bit. But tonight's a big night, Scott. Opening night for the High Limit Series at East Bay Raceway Park. First of two nights. 55 cars at last count. We got a text from Chase Rodman here just a little bit ago. Uh, I don't see any of the World of Outlaw regulars using up one of their four races that they can race outside of the world of outlaws attending tonight's race down there. Uh, but they got 55 cars ready to do battle tonight down at uh, East Bay. Well, I'm a little under the weather today, just so people know. So, Did you go to bed late last night? No, I went to bed early. It's something you ate. You had some bad food. Well, you're going to get a head cold. With He's got a head cold, too. Yeah. Listen to his head. Yeah, you got a cold. Yeah, we, a cold. we're going to talk to. We've got this is episode. I was just going to buzz in real quick. This is episode two ninety nine, guys. Next week's episode is episode three hundred. We got to make it a good show next. So week. we're going to, like you said, this may not be a completely full two hour show today, guys. Considering Scott's a little under weather and we had a big win yesterday, and and uh, our heads are not and my and i've got a right place and i got a kid at home literally i just got text somebody's at home throwing up right now still so one of your kids is zach he's sick and he's got a doctor yeah he, he already had a physical appointment scheduled for school for baseball physical and that physical appointment has now turned into the doctor appointment <laughs> he's gonna go right. he's gonna go see the actual doctor so right no doubt all right uh when we come back connor wade's gonna join us he's the World of Outlaw Pit Reporter, and he'll be joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. 
And it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum 
and our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good old friend of the Racing Boys, Connor Way, joins us now. Connor, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, Scott. How's it going? It, it's going pretty good. My my team won the Super Bowl yesterday, so how about that? <laughs> That's right. We, uh, we had a big party in the lobby to watch that, and I'm a Packers fan and, and kind of a Jets fan, I guess, now with Aaron being there, so... I didn't have a dog in the fight, but um, good good Super Bowl for sure. I mean, you, you can't ask for anything better. It was close and went into overtime and came down to the end. So entertaining for sure. Is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the league, do you think? Right now, yeah, I would say so. Of all time, it's still, I mean, it's still too early in his career to say that, in, in my opinion. There's some people that already say he's the greatest of all time. Um, I, I would say in the lead right now, yeah, because in my opinion, um, I know we're, we're here to talk racing today, but we right. can talk football too, I guess. But in right. my opinion, Patrick didn't have as good of a team around him this year as he did in years past. He still had a good team around him, but just not as good as in years past. And he still, still, still won a Super Bowl. So in my opinion, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Connor, um, you know, Kirk and I were just talking about it here just a little bit ago. He, he thought it, it was a big surprise that Sheldon Hodgeshield won that race the other night. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I, would, I don't know if I would say surprise, but it, definitely positive to see him turn things around. Um, anybody, Sheldon and anybody involved in that team will tell you 2023 was not a great year for them. They only won a couple races. They hadn't been in the top five since um, the National Open at, at Williams Grove late last year. So the last several races last year, they really struggled. Um, 
And then at the start of this week, they had really struggled. I think two of the first three nights, he was 25th or worse, um, was struggling just to make shows out of the heat races, some engine problems, and then obviously that that big crash um, in the feature on Friday night. Um, things were definitely different, and at Volusia, qualifying is so, so important. Getting that track position early in the night is so, so important. And they did that, and... Um, you know, that obviously led to them being in a better position to win on Saturday night, and he just kind of could use multiple grooves better than Macri could. I think Macri was um, pretty stuck to the top. He couldn't really move around, couldn't really run the bottom, couldn't use the middle. And I just thought Sheldon and, and even Brad, um, Brad just started a little further back and uh, took him a little bit to get up, um, could just use use the entire racetrack better than Macri could. So right. um, I said it in pre-race on Saturday, um, Volusia was, in my opinion, the place that if Sheldon was going to get his mojo back, that would be the place to do it. Um, he won his first outlaw race there. Statistically, that's his best half mile, even though um, Sheldon says that Williams drove us his best half mile. By the numbers, Volusia's always been a little bit better. A little bit close, but a little bit better than Williams drove. So I don't know about surprise, but definitely much needed um, in terms of Sheldon getting that win. I know this is a slippery slope, the question I'm going to ask you right now. But is is there a little bit of a rub when Brad Sweet wins a, a World of Outlaw race, is, is, is there a, a little bit of a a kind of like a, a a rub on the World of Outlaws about that a little bit? I don't believe so. And look, like I, I said in, in several meetings with our series officials this past week, and there was never any animosity towards Brad. Um, look, everybody respects Brad. He's one of the greatest World of Outlaw drivers ever, and Brad really respects the World of Outlaws. So is there going to be a friendly rivalry between the outlaws and high limit? Yeah, probably there probably will be. And, right. you know, Brad said in victory lane, Hey, it's going to be a fun year seeing, um, you know, the outlaw guys and the high limit guys battle it out. Um, you know, we did, a on Thursday night, Wednesday night, my bad, we did the, uh, championship ring presentation to Brad and Brad was great throughout that process. It wasn't awkward at all. It wasn't, you know, there was no animosity in that. Um, Brad was very gracious and very humble throughout um, us planning that segment and, um, you know, us giving it to him and executing it. And he was very friendly to myself, everybody at Dirt Vision, and and everybody at World Racing Group and the World of Outlaws this past week. So, you know, in in my opinion, the the drivers and even Brad and and Kyle, they they just want to show up and race. And um, there's no animosity. Um, It's, you know... In this industry, business happens, and you know sometimes, you know so, sometimes dominoes fall because of the way business takes place. But there, there's no animosity um, from the outlaws to Brad in, in terms of winning a race. He's welcome to come and race with us as much as he wants, and you know we we wish him the best of luck. And, and another thing the, from this past week is that you know everybody talks about the, the high limit outlaw rivalry, and then you had David and Brad kind of get together in that heat race that one night. Um, racers just want to show up and race, um, right? And they they're not they're not stirring up any of the drama. In my opinion, the drama and and the reason that this industry is at times I hate to say it really toxic right now is because of the is because of the media. And it's not it's not media outlets really. In, in my opinion, I think the media outlets are all covering it 
very, very well and very, very neutrally. People like yourself, people like Justin Fiedler, Jeremy Elliott, I think they're all doing a great job staying through the middle. It's, in my opinion, a lot of the people on social media just trying to stir stuff up. So, um, no, there's no animosity whatsoever. Um, you know, we were happy to have Brad with us this past weekend and glad he got a win on night one. You know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that kind of whips it a little bit. You know that, don't you? No, you don't do that, do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I whip it a little bit. <laughs> uh, yet still, still, the, the World of Outlaws Brass had to love it that uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield and won the race and David Gravel walked out of there with the Gator. That, that's cool if you're World of Outlaws Brass, is it not? Um, the World of Outlaws, um, I don't think, you know, they, they don't have a preference. You don't, they, they don't play favorites. They don't... Um, you know, obviously, there's there's things that go along with being a platinum team, things that go along with being a full time team. But nobody's sitting there saying, "Man, I want an outlaw to win this race and not a high limit driver." It's not how it works. We want we want to put on the best race that we possibly can for fans and for drivers. And um, so, hey, we're very congratulations to David. Congratulations to Sheldon. Great that they got their respective wins and championships. But you know, we're we're not sitting there, you know, with ill will for towards anybody. So. Uh, it, it was cool to see David did another big gator. He's only the second guy now with three. And, um, you know, cool, like I said, to see Sheldon break out for a win. But, you know, we were also really, really stoked to see Tyler Courtney did a win on Friday night because what a freaking race that was, right? And it was, I mean, the podium that night were high limit guys. And it was Sunshine and Rico, um, you know, two of, of high limits championship contenders this year that it came down to on the last lap. Obviously, Sunshine got the win. And, Everybody at the World of Outlaws walked out of Volusia Friday night smiling from ear to ear just because of the great race that we saw. So, um, you know, people can listen to this and say, oh, you know, he's just playing face, just, you know, um, trying to be non-controversial, just, you know, trying to whatever, whatever. But I can tell you that that's the fact of the matter is, you know, we're we're not – we're not playing the politics of of the situation. You know, Connor, you put it best – there's no reason to get in the middle of all of this, really, to be honest with you. Uh, between the, the World of Outlaws and the High Limit Series, there's there's no reason to really get in the middle of that. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, you know, again, there's going to be a friendly rivalry, and, and there are, you know, there's going to be – both series are going to sit and have meetings, and they're going to talk about probably things that the other series are doing, and – you know, that's, that's part of it. That's business. And it was like that in the past with the All-Stars and um, the Outlaws. It's like that with Power Eye and USAC. It's like that. Right. It's just business. No it's doubt. Always, it's always how it's been. Um, so, you know, there's there's going to be business decisions that have to be made, and and there might be decisions that are made that are made because of or that affect another series or whatever the case may be. But, at the end of the day, like again, all all anybody wants to do is help the sport and put great races on. So the true professionals are going to shine, and those are going to be the people that that don't get in the middle of it. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's a good point. As long as the fans don't get shortchanged of what they're buying their ticket to see, that's the bottom yeah, line. Well, You've got to take care of these race fans. You know, you know, I, Kirk and I have talked about this a few times uh, along the way that we're really concerned there could be a low car count at a world of outlaw race or a high limits race. And we're just, we're kind of a little concerned about that. Well, that's my only concern is yeah. we just want to make sure that we've got enough good cars, car counts, a good car count showing up at these racetracks to satisfy 
what the fans pay their good money for. That's all. Well, I understand the concern with that, um, and, and I know we talked about this last time I was on the show. And are you going to see a little bit of that at the beginning? Probably. But I think looking at long term, um, everything's going to go higher. You look at what happened with or what's happened with um, the late model scene is something that I often compare it to. You look at late model racing now, and I would say between Lucas and the Outlaws, um, forgive me for not knowing the exact numbers, but let's say anywhere between 35 and 40 drivers run a full-time national tour. Um, but the, either Lucas or, or high, or uh, I'm sorry, either Lucas or the Outlaws on the late model side of things. If there was one national series, I can guarantee you there wouldn't be 40 drivers running with that series. If only the Lucas Oil late model dirt series existed, right. there wouldn't be 40 full-time drivers. If only the World of Outlaw late model series exists that there's going to be full-time drivers. There's not going to be 40 full-time drivers. So I think, you, could you see some lower car counts early on in the year, maybe even all of this year? A little bit, but long-term for the sport, I think it's going to have, um, you know, and we're already starting to see it. Bill Baylog hadn't ran a, uh, a national tour ever. He'd always been, you know, kind of a local right. northern Midwest guy. And, hey, he's running a full-time outlaw tour this year, and that's, that's great. Um, you know, we're seeing... Lane and Crawley have the opportunity to step up and, and run a full-time national tour, and I'm sure we'll talk about him later. And even guys on the high limit side, like a Tanner Thorson, a Brenham Crouch, uh, a Parker Price Miller. So could average car count be a little bit lower early on in the year? Yes, but I think long-term you're going to see more guys jump into sprint cars. I think you might see guys buy sprint cars earlier. Maybe they do sprint car racing instead of midget racing or something like that. And long-term, I think the car counts are going to skyrocket and, and the purses as well. Well, that's the thing, that there's more money now in sprint car racing. And I said from the very beginning, a little bit of competition between two series kind of makes everybody a little bit better. You've got to kind of push your own product to make it better. Right. Uh, you got a little competition out there, but the money that's come into sprint car racing is big for everybody. So I think you're right, Connor. Money's going to draw more cars. So over the long term, that's what you hope to see. And really, uh, I like. You know, I like it when you say, you know, let's not whip it up here because really that does nobody any good to really, you know, have a, you know, a fight between two series here. Really, all oh, fans, yeah, no, all fans want to yeah, see is great racing. They want to see the best drivers show up at the best races and they want to see a great night of race. That's what they pay to see. And the racers, they all they care about is, hey, you throw up good money out there and get great competition that's all i care about right yeah for sure i i agree 100 percent, and i think that uh, i think the drivers are definitely going to benefit just because of the money that's available from them and also the amount of races they're going to get to race and the fans as well not only fans that go to the racetrack but fans that stream there's going to be a, a lot of options a lot of great options and um i i think i think i think the fans will benefit long term uh, let's talk about, uh, seem to be a lot of engine problems out there in this very fast Volusia Speedway Park. A lot of teams had some engine issues this weekend. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, it was kind of getting, uh, it felt like Groundhog's Day. Anytime somebody had an, had an issue, I, I would pop the mic on and say, hey, so-and-so blew a motor, so-and-so blew a motor, so-and-so blew a motor. It, it felt like, it felt a little repetitive and felt like it was the only thing I knew how to say. But um, and you hate to see that, right? I mean, guys have spent a lot of money over the off season to get their program right for 2024, and then you come to Volusia 
um, where the speeds are so high, um, especially early in the night, you're, you're even quicker. You're using the engine even more just because the racetrack's so wet. Um, and then, not to mention air, it was really, really cool the first couple nights. Hard to keep fuel in the car whenever it's that cold out. Um, so you hate to see all those guys have engine issues. Um, I think, I think in the future you'll definitely, you know, I, I'm not an engine guy, so I don't know what exactly can be done in terms of you know trying right. to um, tune the know, motor prevent that from happening. But I'm sure, I'm sure whatever they can do, they will definitely do. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, let's talk about, uh, you, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, on Saturday night, uh, you know, Sheldon Hoddenshield finished off the week. And I guess the only reason I say it's a surprise is just not only the struggles they went through last year, but during the week and what they had to overcome to get to Saturday night. And, uh, you know, the big crashes you talked about on Friday night, they had that engine go bad. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, just talk about the work that Ripper and that whole crew had to do to turn things around from Friday night to set themselves up with a great qualifying run on Saturday night, won the heat, started third in the A. The work they had to do from that crash on Friday night to get it to go on Saturday night. Hey, hey, Connor, it was was his car tore up pretty bad in that wreck? You know, I, I couldn't tell exactly. They they. That car was, I think, the first one that got towed off, and they went straight back to the pit area um, and didn't didn't even bring it to the infield um, work zone. So I didn't see exactly what was tore up um, from the view I got of it from the racetrack. It was it was pretty bad. Obviously, way too much to continue that night. Um, obviously, the wings were tore up. I, I'm not sure, honestly, if there was any frame damage or not. I don't know if they had to do any welding or anything like that the next day. But I know they had been through um, a couple of different engines that week. That was either number two or number three. I'd heard a couple different things um, in terms of how many engines they were on that week. Um, Obviously, they lost one in the heat race the night before. But they worked really hard. Um, You know, Ripper's a good crew chief. He and Sheldon, their chemistry um, is second to none, really. They they go way back um, to Sheldon's days of racing motorcycles and – you know, I was talking to Jack Elam from J&J um, on Saturday, and he said that they, uh, J&J and SJMR got together on some new chassis packages for 2024, and I think um, they were just really trying to fine-tune that. You know, and maybe that's one of the reasons, and you, can't, you can never say for sure, maybe that's one of the reasons they struggled earlier on in the week was fine-tuning that new chassis that they'd gotten. Um, and it, it, it definitely seemed to work on, uh, on Saturday night. They definitely had something figured out for sure. Uh, Carson Macedo, the other driver we want to talk to, they got a couple of new crew guys on that team, but they really struggled all week long. Uh, what happened when that torsion bar came off? They had time to fix that after that crash, it, gave it, them time to fix that car and get it back out on the racetrack. But they had, they had a really rough week this week, didn't they? Uh, Phil Dietz and that Jason Johnson team. They were really yeah, lucky. Yeah, it was really rough. They it were, was, no, they, it's not. They, they were really lucky that that wreck happened on that first lap on that next lap, right? They were, and, and I'll get to that in a sec. But they, yeah, they had a, a awful week, to be honest. They they really, really struggled. Um, they were uh, a little better in features. It felt like um, Carson was able to gain some positions. Um, but, you know, qualifying and heat races were, and even the LCS they were in that first night, um, just really, really struggled. And I think, um, you know, like like Kirk mentioned, a couple of new crew guys, um, they're the new car chief, they're still um, grooming and, and – 
getting um, comfortable in his position. So I know that Cole Macedo, Carson's brother, um, came with the team to Volusia and, and worked for him all four nights. Um, so I think, you know, it, it'll probably take him a little bit to build that team chemistry, but I know Carson and Phil, I, I talked to them both this past week, and they, were, they weren't stressing about it too bad. They could, um, you know, they definitely feel like the team camaraderie is um, sort of there already and, and building. It's just kind of getting everybody on the same page and finding something um, engine-wise and race car-wise that makes Carson comfortable. Um, as for the rest there on, on Friday night, Scott, you said you're very lucky that that red came out and it gave him a little more time. Um, I, I think what, what happened was I think Carson got above the cushion coming out of four and made some contact with the wall and it broke the torsion arm. And that is why we saw the torsion bar fly out of the race car. Cause whenever he got back to the pit, the, uh, the torsion arm was broken and just kind of, uh, hanging off the birdcage. Um, right. so I, I think that's probably what happened. It, it definitely looked like he had, had made some pretty good contact. And I, from the significance of the damage, I don't think it was with another car. I think it was definitely with the wall somewhere on the front straightaway. You know, it, it seemed like they had more problems with the mud cover than they had with anything else that they had with the torsion arm as well. Yeah, for sure. So the the mud cover was bent inward, and whenever it's bent in like that, um, it's hard to get to the wheel nut, hard to take the bleeder out. Um, so you you can't get the tire off until you get that mud cover off. And the, the con- that's why I think there was contact with the wall that pushed that mud cover in. Um, and they were having a really hard time getting it out. And they had kind of started to mess with um, getting a new bar in and, and getting a new right rear shock on the car. Um, but they really they couldn't get the new Jacobs ladder in and couldn't change the birdcage or anything like that until they got the um, the, the wheel off, and they couldn't do that until they got that mud cover unstuck. So that extra red definitely bought them some extra time to, to do that for sure. How about the job Landon Crawley did this week? He qualified well just about every night out, started on the pole one night. That's a great start in that Jason Side 7S car. Really good. And Landon, I've gotten to know him pretty well over the last month or so. I did a nice sit-down interview with him at the Chili Bowl, and, man, he's just such a great kid. He's 16, but he's one of the he's probably the most mature 16-year-old you'll ever meet. Got a really nice, firm handshake. Just a nice kid. And uh, his dad, Tim Crawley, obviously a very good sprint car driver himself that I grew up watching, um, and, and Tim is super nice as well and a really sharp guy. And Landon's sharp as well, and, you know, he doesn't – Landon – he respects and appreciates what it means to be an outlaw, but at the same time, he doesn't come into this as a 16-year-old kid like a kid in a candy store thinking, oh, you know, be, being, I don't want to say scared, but you know, he, he's not too in awe of, of the moment, right? He, he right. appreciates it and he respects it, but he at the same time feels like he belongs. And in my opinion, he proved that. He qualified really, really well. Um, ran good heat races, ran pretty smooth, clean laps all the way around, kind of struggled in the features, but I think they had some mechanical issues as well, a fuel problem there on night one, and uh, some sort of other part failure, I think, on the night he started on the pole. Um, And, you know, that was, I mean, that was the first time Landon had ran a 410 on a track that fast. Um, and only the fifth time he ran a 410 ever. So, right. you know, Volusia's not, Volusia's probably not the, the right place to learn how to run a 410 just because it's so fast and so technical. Um, but, man, he, he did a really nice job, I thought, all weekend. 
you know, he's only going to get better with age, right? 100%. He's just going to come around, and I think he's got the talent to do it. Don't you think? No, I agree 100%. Yeah, I think so. I think you're going to see Landon do really, really well. I'm interested to see what he does down in Texas and some tracks that he's a little bit familiar with. He's been to, and, you know, maybe he even – and maybe there's just something about the dirt down there in Texas that he's comfortable on because he's ran at so many tracks in that area. And even in, in the south as well, West Memphis, whenever we go there, which is still, still a long time away in November, but even there as well. I, I, think, I think people are going to be really, really impressed with Landon this year. I think you're going to see him contend for top fives and top tens and maybe even by the end of the year win. So the right. talent is there, and I'm telling you the, um, the knowledge and, and just being smart behind the race car is there too. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't push the issue too much. There were times whenever, you know, he was falling back, he could have freaked out or tried, you know, too hard to do to, to do something, make something happen and he didn't. He just stayed calm, didn't panic. And um I, I, I think Landon Crawley is gonna be a heck of a sprint car driver. Hey, Brian Blackjack Brian Brown, he he showed a lot of speed in his car down there, didn't he? He did. He was really impressive. Brian's always ran well at Volusia. He told me um every day that I talked to him um, how much he enjoyed racing there, and um, yeah, his his equipment ran really well. He qualified well both nights. It was impressive, or both nights, each night. It was impressive how um, he could go out late and still find speed. He, I think he went out late in flight B one night and was still quicker than anybody that went out early or at any point in flight A, when obviously the track was much quicker. So, um, showed an ability to qualify really well, um, was in the redraw uh, three or four of the nights, and had a fourth there on night one and a seventh on night two, and struggled a little bit in the features the last couple nights. I think he, he had a problem on Saturday night and uh, fell fell back. But yeah, good, good start to the year for Brownie. Um, you know, he'll be a contender once again at Knoxville, and I'm sure he's going to run several high-limit and World of Outlaw races. So. It's uh, a good start to the year, and excited to see what the year has in store for him. Uh, we know Brian Brown pretty well, and trust me on this one, he's celebrating today more than anything he did on the racetrack this week. Well, each uh, each night in the redraw, uh, the dash redraw, he said "Go Chiefs" just about yeah. every time. His yeah. daughter had the uh, the Swifty shirt on uh, the first night she came up to draw with him, and then he. Uh, he had his Chiefs hat on and said "Go Chiefs" in just about every interview he did. So I would, I would say that um, the liquor stores in Higginsville, Missouri, are um, probably did pretty well yesterday, last night, and and maybe even today as well. So well, I'm I'm, um, I, I'm just gonna say he he what? goes to the games. He he he's not just a bandwagon jumper. He's a he's a diehard. Chiefs fan, fan that goes to the games. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, about you're it. right. He is. He's he's definitely one of the most diehard Chiefs fans I know. A lot of them are bandwagoners. You know, they got good and everybody started to love love the Chiefs. But no, Brian, he goes to a bunch of games and loves football. Probably loves the Chiefs probably almost as much as he loves racing. No doubt about yeah, that. No what, doubt. What do you think of Donnie Shots this week and the press conference? He really was confident about how things were going to go this year. They did a test after the World Finals. He felt good about uh, heading into the new season with his uh, Ford race team. How do you assess Donnie Schatz's start to the season? He started 16th, and he ran. He ended up running 5th uh, the night that David Gravel won. How about that? Well, his, worst finish, his worst finish on the week was 7th, and he charged to the field um, a couple of different times. That one night, you're right, 16th to 5th, and... And there was another night too. It was either night one or night three, I think, where he um, 
uh, made a lot of progress, started midway or kind of deep in the field, and charged up into the top ten. I actually thought it was a really good way to start the year for Donnie. Probably, I think if he, if you asked him, he would tell you he maybe could have qualified a little bit better um, and, and maybe had some better heat races as well, but um, really no fault. I thought it was a really solid start to the year for Donnie. Um, I didn't really hear of, of any engine issues that they were having. Um, I don't know that they had to change any motors throughout the week. Um, again, I, I didn't hear of of that having to happen, but um, I, overall, I'd say it's a great start to the year for Donnie. Um, three sixth place finishes, a fifth and a seventh, and he showed an ability to to move through the field as well. So right. I would say whenever we come back to Volusia uh, for the Bike Week Chamboree in March, he'll continue to be good. And um, you know, Donnie said that uh, you know he said at PRI in that interview he did that we're going to see a different Donnie shots in 2024. And I asked him at Volusia, you know, what he meant by that, and he said, uh, you know. The Donnie shots you've seen the last couple of years isn't what we're used to seeing. You know, you don't think the Donnie shots as being the guy that wins three or four races a year. You you want the Donnie that wins eight races, ten races, twelve races a year that goes to Knoxville right. in August and is the car to beat. And that's what Donnie wants to get back to this year. And um, I, I'd say overall a pretty strong start in do, terms of of getting back to that. Do you think Donnie shots has a chance at winning the championship this year? A hundred percent, yes. You, you can't rule them out. The guy's got ten of them. Um, I, I talked to several drivers in the pit area. Um, David Ravel and Macedo, the the favorites for the championship, and even Gio Selzy, and they all, every single one of them said, Donnie's going to be in the picture. He's going to be in the conversation just because he's so good, he's so smart, he knows how to win a championship. He's the only driver on the Outlaw Tour this year that's a previous champion with the series. So, hundred percent he's capable of it. I think he and the T S R team are, are capable of it. Um I think he'll be in the conversation most of the year. Uh Geo Celsi off to a good start to the season, don't you think? He's a contender for the title, don't you think? I think so, and I think it was important for Geo. I I know I talked about it a couple times to the week, but he really, really struggled at Volusia last year. It was just really, really bad on paper. Um couldn't qualify, had to take some provisionals and um, this year was a completely different turnaround. He started; he had great starting spots every night, um, and, and couldn't quite get to victory lane, but held his own. You know, ran um, around the top five and in the top ten. I think uh, three fourth place finishes on the week for him after a seventh on night one. So, really good weekend for him. Solid, going to be a championship contender. And um, I, I may have said it on the broadcast once too, but I, the next step for Geo is um, kind of. Kind of similar to what I what I just said about Donnie is not Geo is not going to be a guy that wins one two races a year. Um, I, th- I think Geo takes a step and is a guy that wins five or six races a year and can win really on any given night. I would say he's honestly at that point already, um, I, and I think we're really going to start to see the results. So um, Geo was in a great mood really all week. Um, happiest I've seen him in a while, um, just because he ran so good evolution. I would say a lot of momentum uh, going into. Uh, the rest of the year. Hey, I got to ask you about the uh, modified race the other night. Kyle Strickler, what a charge he made uh, coming up through that. I thought Dustin Sorensen had that yellow flag not come out. He, I think he might have been able to hang on to that, but here comes Kyle uh, Strickler made a big run up through the field to uh, win that final race on Saturday night. Your thoughts? Yeah, and Sorensen was really impressive. And I'll tell you, the modifieds, they put on great racing all week. And what a racetrack they had. Uh, for that feature, it was uh, one of the raciest surfaces. Um, definitely, the modified sat all week at Volusia, 
And, um, yeah, there were some yellows and that red flag, but Strickler was just from the drop of the green um, on a charge to get to the front. And I think it goes back to Strickler had been in that position before. He'd been in that race. He knows what it takes to win it. Um, he's, he's seen the track change throughout the week and, and throughout the years there. So um, he knew exactly what setup he needed. Um, Strickler is one of the smartest guys in the pits when it comes to working on modifieds and, and getting modifieds around Volusia. So that was that was really cool to see. It was a fun race to watch for sure. And, and even Tyler Nicely, who won the the overall championship, was charging through the field as well. So Kyle Strickler, um, is, I said it a couple times, but he's got to be in the conversation for one of the best ever Evolution in a modified, right? I mean, it, it's probably still Nick Hoffman just because he has seven of them, but Strickler's, um he's, he's got to be in the top five for sure. Tyler Nicely, he started 10th, and he ended up running second to Kyle Strickler um, the night that Kyle Strickler won that night. So Yeah, Tyler uh, is one of the best dirt modified drivers in the country, has been for a couple of years. Really good last year. I followed him on the Summer Nationals Tour, and he uh, dominated that several trips to victory lane throughout that week, or throughout that five weeks. And uh, last year's Dirt Car UMP national champion as well. So obviously he had big expectations to start the year off and got the big gator. And he, he said uh, in, in Victory Lane Saturday night, he puts that big gator right at the top just because of all the talent and the field of modifieds in the pits of Volusia um, for the Dirt Car Nationals. So a great week. He went, went to Victory Lane, uh, I think, four times. Was pretty strong at East Bay the week before as well. Um, and that, that was cool to see. Tyler definitely definitely deserving of, of winning a big gator for sure. Kenny Wallace won one night. Kenny Schrader won. Uh, he, he won the first night, and then Kenny Wallace won the second night. What are your thoughts about them? Oh, man, they're just two of the nicest guys. They race because they love racing, and those are the kind of people we need in this sport. Um, both great guys to talk to. Obviously, Kenny Wallace is very, very entertaining uh, Ken Schrader's a, a little more laid back, but it, just an incredibly nice, humble, genuine guy. Um, loved getting to talk to him. And I'll tell you, the fans of Alusha, they love to see it as well. Um, you know, Kenny, uh, Wallace, and Schrader uh, getting wins throughout the week. So that was cool to see. Um, I saw a lot of people, um, you know, cheering for him, walking up for autographs and photos and interviews and, and even just general conversation, too. So it's it's really cool, and a lot of them were really young as well. So it's cool to see um, the current and future generation of racing still appreciate how much value Kenny, uh, Wallace, and Schrader bring to bring to the sport. Uh, busy week uh, at Volusia this week. Got the uh, late models and the non-wing sprint cars tonight. Late models and big block modifieds uh, later in the week. Uh, the sprint cars return on Bike Week back weekend of March 2nd and 3rd. Uh, what's your schedule from now to then? So from now to then, I, um, I'm i going to take a couple off nights here tonight and tomorrow as the USAC Sprint Cars are Volusia. Um, I'm going to be a race fan for them um, and the Dirt Car Late Models as well. Hannah Newhouse is going to cover the Dirt Car Late Models and uh, Drake York is going to cover the USAC Sprint Cars from the pits. You'll have Chris Steppen up in the booth for Dirt Car and then Brian Holbert will uh, be in the booth, uh, of course, for the USAC Sprint Cars. Um, so I'm going to be a race fan for a couple nights and enjoy it. I love um, watching non-wing sprint cars anywhere, but Volusia, too. And Justin Grant's pretty hot with him after sweeping the week at Ocala. So excited to see what happens there and looking forward to just being a race fan for a couple nights and hanging out with people and uh, socializing 
And then Wednesday through Saturday, we'll have the World of Outlaws Taste Construction Late Models and the Super Dirt Car Series Bid Block Modified um, for wheat to finish out week two of DCN. And I will be pit reporting the uh, Super Dirt Car Series. So excited to cover them. I covered them a couple times last year, got to go to Super Dirt Week. And it's uh, kind of spring training for them. They don't really um, – we don't see all of the championship contenders come to Volusia because they're non-points events, but um, they always always put on a great show. So excited for that. And then I'm going to take a, a little over a week off to actually relocate to, to Charlotte so I can be uh, close to the World Racing Group office and be there to work you know, a little bit more closely with Dirt Vision and some of the things we do in studio and, uh, and everybody with the World of Outlaws and WRG. So after I get moved, I, I just applied for an apartment about 30 minutes before this phone call. Um, w- once I get moved, um, then it's, it's pretty much uh, on the road every week from, from then on out. So that's, that's what the next, next couple of weeks looks like for me. Yeah, you get a new place and you're not going to be able to live in it for a while, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> yep, no doubt about it. Well, great job this week. I love, we love your work. Hey, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Connor. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy interviewing the sheet metal guys? I do, yeah. They're great guys. They're really nice. Um, and then they put on good racing, and they take it just as seriously as um, as anybody. So, um, and especially what we had uh, this week with all the talent that was at Volusia Speedway Park and, and the great racing they put on. So those those guys were a blast to talk to. Yep, no doubt. Connor, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. You, you, you do an excellent job. I'm just telling you, you're you're one of the best in the business, my friend. Just so you know. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on, and then appreciate the kind words as well. It was uh, it's a very good weekend, and um, like I say, always room to get better. So um, excited for the rest of the year. Excited to continue to cover a series that I've loved since I was six, seven years old, and um, obviously a sport that I love too. So really excited for 2024, and then getting to talk to you guys every week. Well, yeah. we love we love it when people you know are a fan. If they're not working, they're still a fan enjoying the race stuff <laughs> hey, in the stand. Hey, that speaks a lot. As so. you know, Kirk and I are big sprint car fans. You know that. Well, oh, yeah. I'm a fan of all of it. Right. I know you are, too. Well, I, you I like it all. I like dirt late models yeah. as much as anything, to be honest with you. I, I love the dirt late models, and I love the, the World of Outlaw Sprints, the High Limit Series. I, I, I just like it all. Hey, you know, somebody, a good friend of mine, that brought up a great suggestion. I wonder what you think of it, Connor. Uh, said, I'd like to see the big block modifieds at Knoxville. And I thought, yeah. Let's see that. Heck yeah, that that'd be cool. Um, bid blocks always they they race good on big racetracks. You know, a lot of those tracks they run up in the Northeast are really big. Lebanon Valley, Oswego, obviously during Dirt Week they come to Volusia and it's big. And Knoxville is a racy place. I think it'd be unique because the dirt in Iowa at that racetrack is so much different than it is in the Northeast. So that would be a, a curveball for those guys for sure. But as as good as Knoxville races, and I love watching late models at Knoxville. Yeah. I only, only see it once yeah, a year, but no doubt. I think they're fun as heck to watch. I think bid blocks there would be good. That would be so cool. That would be cool. That. that would be really cool. Connor, can't thank you enough for doing so. We're looking forward to talking to you each and every week here on Mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good week. All right. See you next All time. Right, Connor. Thanks, Connor. We are going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned.
listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum 
and our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us, we wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk? The National Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, got a lot of great things going on. Can't wait till April when the season opens up and get to see all the things that they've done to the building in the offseason to get it all spruced up for the 2024 season. Uh, got a couple of big sweepstakes that are going on right now. The Corvette, they're going to be doing that again this year. It's a torch red convertible Z06 uh, with a Z07 performance package plus $25,000 cash to the grand prize winner. You can sign up for that. They're going to be drawing for that the week after the Knoxville Nationals. There's an option. You can take the car and the $25,000 cash or the uh, $100,000 Prize, that's a lot is, of money, man. That's what it's been increased to this year. Hey, but that car's worth one hundred forty thousand dollars. No, yeah. If you're in a position, I'll take the car. I, I take the car yeah. and sell the car. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the car. I get uh, it. Go to winaz06corvette.com to get signed up uh, for the Corvette. And later on in the year, they're going to be drawn for the race ready sprint car. In December, it's a triple X chassis with uh, Al Parker. 410 cubic inch engine in the car's race ready sprint car and you can get right into sprint car racing if you win that they're going to be drawing for that in december go to winasprintcar.com to get signed up for that and of course the proceeds all go to a great cause the betterment of the hall of fame and museum a uh, big weekend in early june this year june 1st is the day of the induction ceremony to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. They're going to have non-wing sprint cars that night as well. So 
Mark that on your calendar. And go to uh, SprintCarStuff.com. Check out all the great stuff in the gift shop. Uh, it's open seven days a week, even during the off-season, with the exception of a couple of holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, during the year. Uh, so you can go there anytime, even though it's not racing season. But I recommend that you go every time. Pay a new visit to the Hall of Fame because they keep changing stuff in there. So the displays keep changing. They're going to have the salute to Eldora Speedway this year. So looking forward to that. National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum open seven days a week all year round. Kirk, let's talk a little uh, late model racing. Um, Saturday night, they had the A-Main, and Dalton Wilson picked up his first Lucas Oil late model series win. What a popular win that was. was. Here's a guy that finished second nine times before he finally broke through and won the race the other night. And uh, he did it in impressive fashion. He started sixth in the A-Main and held off uh, Brandon Shepard to the Start-finish line with Tyler Erb, Garrett Smith, and Devin Moran rounding out the top five. We now have eight different winners in 12 Lucas Oil late model races so far for 2024. After Friday night's winner, Jonathan Davenport broke through with his first win of the year. Jimmy Owens and Brandon Shepard won on Thursday night at East Bay. Tyler Erb on Wednesday night. Hudson O'Neill started out the week on Tuesday night after Monday got rained out. They got all six races in. So I think it was the first time since 2011 they had six different winners in six nights at East Bay. This is the last time they're going to be at East Bay in February because after October, this track's going away. They got the grand finale in October. The High Limit Series will be a part of that. And then East Bay will be no more. And that is sad, Scott, not to have East Bay just outside of Tampa in existence. Do you think they're going to build another racetrack down there to replace it somewhere? I haven't heard of the plans. I heard talk that there's going to build another racetrack down there, but East Bay, that's been there since 1977 after October, will be no more. That's kind of sad to me because we did a couple broadcasts down there, didn't we, Kurt? Yeah. yeah. They had the 360. Now, this weekend is the uh, 360 sprint cars. They got... Of course, high limit tonight and tomorrow night. Did we do live video down there? Nah, I can't remember. No, nah, I don't think so. I think we just did the uh, audio broadcast. We just did the audio broadcast down there. Uh, so, but it's a big week this week with the high limit tonight and tomorrow night, and we see fifty-five race cars on tap for tonight. They're going to start racing at four forty-five this afternoon, Central Time, four forty-five at East Bay. Uh, and then later in the week, the 360, King of the 360 Sprint Cars, will close it out this weekend. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy for old Landon Crawley. I'm pretty happy for him. Yeah, boy, he's uh, got a, he had a fast race car. He did. I and, mean, And he ran up in the top five there for a little bit. Yeah, and one night to start on the pole, he won the dash. He ran in the top. To start on the pole. He ran in the top two or three there for a, a, yeah. a good a good bit. And I think uh, Saturday night they had some issues uh, there that uh, kept him from staying up front uh, that they had to work through. But uh, if you got that fast of a race car and you're getting those kind of qualifying runs, uh, that bodes pretty well for the rest of the season. Especially you do it at a track like East Bay, or I mean at uh, Volusia, a track that he's not seen before, uh, Volusia Speedway Park and. Uh, you know, he'd only been in a 410, what, a couple of times, Scott? 
before the other night. Right, yeah. So, I mean, he'd gotten some pretty good experience in the 360 car. He's got but, limited 410 experience. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he had uh, he had a pretty good run down there. The uh, non-wing sprint cars tonight at Volusia Speedway Park. Justin Grant has got his season off to a flying start. He swept both Friday and Saturday night up at Ocala Speedway. Saturday night, he outdueled Kevin Thomas Jr. and Logan Seabee to the line. C.J. Leary finishing fourth and Robert Ballou uh, rounding out in the fifth spot. And so... Uh, Justin Grant off to a great start. Brady Bacon, not so much. Brady had the lead on Friday night and was battling with Grant. Grant got a little bit sideways up into the loose stuff and collect, and that's the same time that Brady was trying to make that charge down the inside, and Brady got the worst end out of that deal. Yep, no doubt. So tough night for him, and then he had to, I think he had to start too far back on Saturday night to uh, get a good finish there. I think he ended up 12th after starting 17th on Saturday night. So as great a night, as great a weekend and a great a start that Justin Grant has, Brady Bacon, not a good start so far, but we'll see what he does tonight and tomorrow night down at Volusia. And then they'll return to Ocala Speedway for three nights of racing to wind up winter dirt games and, uh, Kind of different. You hear the, the, the golden voice of Brian Holbert doing the call of these USAC races this weekend. That's kind of different, but mm -hmm. uh, Brian doing a good job with that. Drake York in the infield. So we'll watch that. And the late models tonight are not World of Outlaw sanctions. It's a uh, dirt car late model show along with the uh, non-wing sprint cars. So we got a lot of racing to watch tonight, both at Volusia and East Bay. Yep, no doubt. I'll, I'll be sitting here watching them on these TVs tonight. There you go. Yeah. That's the way to do it. NASCAR, we won't see uh, cars on the track at Daytona until Wednesday night when they uh, qualify. The car, they're going to have pole qualifying. There's no practice ahead of pole qualifying for the Daytona 500 on Wednesday night. Uh, and I don't roll like those that. cars out there about either. 6.30 our time, and then they come right back for the duels on Thursday night. So no practice yeah. sessions are going to have uh, pole qualifying on Wednesday night, and then all those cars will turn around and run the duels on Thursday night. I, I understand why some of the teams are for the non-practice because the teams that have more cars on the track get saves more. Saves them money, Tom. Saves them money, and they get more information from less Drive, you know, you got four drivers out there under one stable. You're able to get a lot. You run four different packages, and you're able to get a lot of information. I get that. My thought is, is if you would like to have some time on the track, we will allow it. That's what I would. I don't think they should make you, but I think that they some of these teams that don't have the five cars or the four cars. Man, it's this is tough gig, man. You're talking about shaking down a car and jumping out there and hoping everything's right. I mean, it. There's nothing like not having any practice. I don't know. I've now. I, I. There's something to be said about having a little bit of shakedown when you're jumping into one of the fastest tracks, in the first race of the year. I just yeah. like to see a little more practice. Well, I all. think right. Dale Junior. I'm kind of like you, Todd. I. I think they need more practice. Just a little bit. A little bit more. Dale Junior. on his uh, download show the other night. I yeah, I, he, he said he said it best that. You know, the, the clash ought to return to Daytona exactly. because we don't have enough buildup to the Daytona 500 now. And I agree with you I on that. I on said that. that before when they took the clash out of there and they dropped 
those practice sessions earlier in the week. We don't have the weekend leading up to that or enough activity on the track to give the Daytona 500 a proper buildup. He made that point the other night. He thinks the clash ought to return to Daytona, and it doesn't have to be uh, more than a 20-lap race with pole qualifiers only. Don't make it into a big deal. It is what it is. But it it ought to be back at Daytona, and I agree with them. But he also said he doesn't think it's coming back to Daytona. I don't think so either. They're making too much money separating it to another track and drawing, I mean, you know, one off a track. But... Gosh, you got to have some kind of shakedown. I mean, yeah, I mean, here we are, less than a week to the Daytona 500. <laughs> you can't really talk about who the favorites are because you don't know we've nothing. Not seen these cars right. on the track, right? We have no idea how anybody's going to run, yeah. so the, you have nothing to talk about. Yeah, there's so nothing. that's going to be on Sunday, February 18th at 2:30 uh, Eastern Time. Yep, yeah. right. As soon as this, yeah. I mean, football's over, NASCAR starts, and it's full on, right? I mean, they it's, got the trucks on Friday night, NASCAR and the season's Xfinity too long. on Saturday. <laughs> It is it's too long. Entirely it too long. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. They're really yeah, I, stretching the people thin when you do it that much. You're but are really, they going to shorten the season in NASCAR? Never. I don't see it. <laughs> no, no. I don't see it happening. No. Not for many, many years. No, me neither. You realize they only got two weekends off the yeah, whole this season, year's... and they're both back-to-back when the Olympics are happening Olympics, in late July, that's it. early August. That's it. Every other weekend, beginning with this weekend, and this... on through the end of July, are filled up. Uh, until you have two straight weekends off for NASCAR, and then it's uh, every week from there till November. That'll put a strain on a lot of the the teams as well, because you know you have normally you have a week off, or the, every other teams are juggling things, and you're pushing cars to other tracks and built. Man, what you have two weeks off, guys, for the Olympics, and then everything else is go 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 go. So it's going to be a hell of a season this year. And like you said, I I hope there's nothing more that I wish for is than. Uh, Kyle, or I mean, Christopher Bell to uh, pick up him a championship. That's all. I mean, at this point, I'm pulling for that's all I'm really pulling for. I watch it each week for Christopher Bell. I mean, like you said, it's he's a sprint car guy. He was always nice to the racing boys, always took care of me. He was always he always went out of his way to take care of, you know, make sure we were done with the interview and stuff. So, like you said, if I'm watching anything, it's hoping that that boy does good this year. That's the guy I'm rooting for. He's been in the final four two years in a row now. So right, yeah, no doubt. I think uh, I think he can get it done. Uh, we're going to be, uh, I don't know about you, but we're planning on being at three, not just two at Kansas Speedway, but three Cup yeah, Series got, races this year. What do you mean Iowa not? What, 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 Are you going, you're going to Iowa Speedway, right? I'm going to go to Iowa Speedway. Yeah. Well, there was there some talk go. that maybe you might be. There was another race that weekend, wasn't there? Wasn't there something... I don't remember what it was, but you talked about maybe not going to the Iowa one. But, yeah, I, we're all looking. Oh, no, it was there, the one down in Phoenix. That was the one we yeah, were talking yeah. about. They yep. canceled that race. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, so we got two races at, at Kansas Speedway and one at Iowa Speedway that we're going to be covering. And you know what's great about that Iowa Speedway weekend? The World of Outlaws just down the road. Right down Boston. the street. And that was what everybody was saying. There'll be an easy run for if you want to hit that world of outlaws event and there'll be a lot of a lot of people at that event i mean it'll be be a big that world of outlaw event will be packed no it doubt. always is <laughs> yeah no doubt so let's uh we're gonna cut it loose uh early this, this i think week? we are uh, yeah i think so i'm a little under the weather man i i just i'm falling out of the seat right now we're gonna do an hour and a half show and we're good to go we're gonna have i'm off this saturday but we're gonna have some pretty good guests we're gonna be trying to book some uh guests for our live show on saturday this week yeah. And then next week, guys, 
We're going to try to take some of your phone calls, maybe. It's going to be episode 300. We'll probably have both Connor Wade and Chase Randall Rodman on. Yep. And whoever else that might win, but we also maybe... We, we uh, want to take some phone calls. Yeah, and we probably will, you know, give away a couple T-shirts and some stickers and stuff. Right. we got we got some promotional stickers over here and we, we've got ton of t-shirts got t-shirts and hats and right. stuff so like you said our 300 episode maybe if you guys can share some of our stuff and when we see people are sharing it we'll send you guys a link that's and the day after the daytona five that's right that'd be a perfect time so uh any I, any predictions of that whew. right we don't it's hard to talk it's about. hard to talk about man uh, when uh, you ain't uh, seen a thing uh, man uh, uh, you're not gonna go to the the parade are you i doubt it um because that that's a good place to get the covid <laughs> it, the, this wednesday year, right this is wednesday right. and it's supposed to right. be uh it's supposed to be nice very on, nice on, this on is going to be that you so, know what i may go to the parade i'm here's what i may do i might do that i may i've i've pre-scouted a few places that i might park go watch the parade as it zips by get back in my car and head back home and then watch the union station part at the house you know what i'm saying but i might just go down but i don't think i'm going to go to the whole union station part but i may just sniff my way you know that's what dieter and i do we go down to the union station it's just and we just camp out down there there's a lot of people this year guys the weather is going to be climb in the trees it's it's going to be mayhem this year i was there when the royals won let me tell you this that new um giant ferris wheel they put in out there where's that located that's where you can see it from uh, you from know there it's going to be spent it's this is going to be a spectacle you know guys. marie's turned into a chief oh i know it yeah she's, she's all well if, if you guys want to tune in they're they're replaying the, I, I i love marie so much they're replaying some of the football game on tv right now the rebroadcast of the super bowl so um well, excuse us here if uh, football kind of took a little bit uh, more of a front That's seat right. over racing. Big today, racing but. night going on tonight. You got right. racing what going on. We, what can we tell you? We you got know, a lot of racing going on. Heck, tonight. it's getting ready to start this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, no but football's over now. It's going to be all racing, all racing here on out. Yeah, no doubt. And a few concert talks here and there. So yeah, you going to a concert tomorrow night? Right? I think I am. Yeah. Going to go see a little super metal. Well, who are you going to see tomorrow night? <laughs> Pantera and Lamb of God um i don't and and, and tonight um living, living color down, yeah, down at knuckleheads if right? you're in kansas city and you're looking for something to do guys knuckleheads knuckleheads one of the greatest concert venues in, in the garage in kansas uh, yep. hey, and, hey todd that that's a great place to go to it, it is i tell i was just telling these guys yeah, off the air if you have if you have a little social anxiety or a little anxiety at all about parking or finding your car or anything after a concert, Knuckleheads is the best. It's just an open parking lot. You pull right up to the bar. You walk right in. It's it's awesome. There's it's no, like an amusement park. It is. Concert it's venues. an adult amusement park for concert venues. Food. They got they got three or four stages going at one time. Yeah. Merch you can buy yeah. merch in any place. So, but yeah, the the big concert I'm going to is uh, it'll probably it's Pantera and um, I don't know if I know you guys haven't seen, but the band Lamb of God. I'm going to pull up a little video before we leave, guys. Lamb it, of God. So this band, um, let me tell you something about. So I told you guys that one time I went to. Um, 
a concert, and I thought I'm going to go ahead and try doing the mosh pit one more time. As I'm, I was old. I was finished with my. I was already past my cancer and everything. And I thought, you know what? I'll do it one more time before I get old. Too old. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Um, I got down in there and I got very nervous. And I'm not going to say just a little nervous. I got very nervous because it's rowdy down there. It's not. It's not for the faint of heart. And these are young young kids. And, and they like to punch people. They punch. They help you back up. Don't get me wrong, guys. They pick you back up if you fall down. But what we're looking at is, I mean, what you're seeing is. Look at that mess right there, Todd. Th- this, this, this. That looks dangerous to me. It's more than dangerous. <laughs> it's, you can just feel it in the air. And let me tell you something, man. You know, Stephen St. John and I went to Kid Rock concert at Memorial Hall. Now, where's one that year. at there, Todd? Well, that was at a festival. Yeah. But let me pull up. Here we go. So Those they call this the they call the this the wall of death at the Lamb of God shows. So they stack two. See how the people that are up here of the front row they don't want to right. be part of this. Like they're just watching the band. They're just sitting there watching it. The people behind are just watching this spectacle that's getting ready to take place, and it's like I Whoa, look at. Oh, look at that! I'm telling Holy you guys, cow, it man. scared me to death when that happened. Somebody doesn't get killed in that battle. Little old Todd's surprise in his 155-pound frame. <laughs> he got Todd got the hell out of there. I'm just going to tell you right now, I got out of there real. <laughs> but that's going to be going on tomorrow night. That's here. like that movie Gladiator. Are you going to get the, down there in the pit oh, hell where all no. the warring factions are going at each other with swords or something? Yeah. No, I'm definitely, I mean... Like I said, guys, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. If you've, uh, I mean, I don't think people get it that the passion. There's Swifties, and then there's this, right? I mean, that's crazy, right there. Who look would, at the who, dirt who, being kicked up? Look, look at those people punching people. It's the most insane thing that you've ever witnessed. Somebody's got to get hauled off to the hospital after it. Happens a lot. Happen. People break bones and everything, guys. It's the most insane thing. Like like I said, Todd will be in the balcony. In a safe spot. And I'll be on out row two, and I'll just be watching this from a distance. But yeah, yeah, man, get out there and enjoy some concerts, man. That's that's part of life. You got to get out there and enjoy this. And this will be my uh, concert. This will be my uh, Super Bowl parade tomorrow night. I probably won't go to the big one, but I'll go to the concert. That nobody knew that the parade was going to be happening. You know, they're already closing down certain roads downtown. You know, guys, and the, the, heck, there's concert tomorrow night. I got to go to. So it's like right. you said. It's. Did you see Power and Light last night? It was. Wild. Did you see that? It was crazy. You know, I, I don't I don't know if you know this, but Deidre worked down there at Power and Light last night. Well, you know who the director of the Power and Light is now, and this is who we need to interview. You, you know who, who the general manager is down yeah. there? Power and daughter. Light. My daughter. But you know who runs the whole thing? Cassie Hutchinson is the Cassie main. Cassie Hutchinson, yes. She's the one who books everything down there now. Yeah. She's left the racing part, and she's moved she down. She's social media she's for the whole. She does it all down there, and I haven't stepped on her to help because i this is her first year i was gonna let her and then maybe start hitting her up for some stuff next year right, right? No you know doubt. What I'm saying? but yeah she's uh full-on running it was a busy all, night down there last oh night. my god it was crazy it was pandemonium they were streaming live on tiktok until 3 a.m and there were cars just 
It was insane. So uh, we, there were fireworks going on all over town last night. Yeah. You can and, hear, hey, did no you hear you the were, fireworks going on? I told on you last it night? showed up on the National <laughs> Weather Service radar. They showed, and it looked like fun, explosions. It, yeah, and it looked like sn- snow, but it was fireworks. Fireworks. Yeah, on our local. If you go to our local page, wow. They actually had fireworks being shown on the weather map. That's how much the prominence it was. So, like you said, guys, we appreciate you letting us. You know who I think about right now out. after mornings like today? I think uh, three guys. I think uh, Bill Grigsby, who we knew. Absolutely. Uh, loved the Chiefs. Kansas Lenny City Dawson Mayor. and Lamar Hunt. This was the first year for Mrs. Hunt not being there. She'd been to every Super Bowl. She went to every Super Bowl. And this was the first year she She missed. She passed away last June, I think. Just last June. Right. So, yeah. My mom was a diehard, and my grandfather, both of them have passed away, and both of them were season ticket holders until the day they died. Really? Oh, yeah. And so, like I said, um, those are the people I think about when this stuff kind of comes around for us. What and old Griggs be thinking about this? Howdy, Ooh, partner. Howdy, partner. Uh, yeah, no he'd, doubt. Be, he'd be tipping one back today. He'd, he'd, be, he'd be cranking it he'd, back. He'd have him tipped up and ready to roll back. I've seen him many, many uh, holiday parties at the up in Parkville where that old boy, he just, he, everybody loved Mr. Grigsby. So. Sure did. Well, no it, did a fun show, guys. I appreciate right. it. and Thanks for letting us all talk about football. We know we bore some of you. Yep, no doubt. But racing from here on out, episode 300 next week, guys. Make hey, sure you tune in. To that. Episode 300 next Monday. So tune in, and we're going to take some phone calls next week as well. Uh, for Todd Surprise, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailers. I'm we're, we're bailing out a little bit early just because I'm a little bit under the weather, just so you know. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week on episode 300 right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. stronger with rod and supply whether you are running industrial farming equipment or race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. we don't just sell them we race them rod and serving the racing community for over 30 years